Welcome to Game of Thrones. I was going to say brought to you. <laughs> We're not brought to you by anything. Uh, but we are your weekday morning podcast uh, here to chat Game of Thrones over some breakfast, of course, of America's, I won't say favorite, but uh, a pastry that certainly exists, scones. Uh, and today we're tackling season five, episode three, High Sparrow and Whole Wheat Buttermilk Mango. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not often that we get a scone title that's longer than the episode title. Not but often. We gotta, we gotta be a, we gotta be adaptable to that, I suppose. Welcome to uh, to the midweek here. How you guys up? <laughs> How you guys up to? <laughs> How you guys up to? I can talk. Up to good. Up to, up to up to good. good. I'm glad hear that. <laughs> hear that me good. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I got this honestly I'm doing better than all right because uh I got this whole wheat buttermilk mango scone. Mm. Well, I don't want to get uh, ahead of ourselves. I know it's kind of our whole MO on the show, but hold it until the proper scone time if you please. I will. Do you, do you accept? All right, I good. Accept uh, for the time being, let's get into the thrones here. Season five, episode three. Hi, Sparrow. Little reminder for us here. I've got the wiki pulled up. Would you guys like a recap of the plot? Whether you say yes or no, I'm going to do it anyway, but for the sake of formality. Do you want it? I do, oh, yes. do you want oh, yes. it, Daddy? Give it. Give it. Give it good. Perfect. Well, then I will give it good. Uh, any, any particular requests today? Do you uh, do you want a do you want a selection? I can give you a couple, and you can choose a multiple I'm feeling, choice. I'm feeling generous today. All right, uh, I will not turn down an opportunity to not have to do Gilbert Gottfried again. So, <laughs> yeah, please. What do you got? Would you like a Sean Connery? Okay. Okay. B Borat <laughs> <laughs> or C. Jar Jar Binks. Ooh. Ooh, me like. <laughs> Solid choices. I'm going to go ahead and do, say, Borat. Okay. Because um, it's been many years since I've even attempted it, so we'll see if I can still find a semblance of Borat in there. And also, it used to be a real big issue for me to stop talking like Borat. <laughs> so uh, maybe this whole episode will be a fucking nightmare. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Game of Thrones, Season 5, Episode 3, High Sparrow. <laughs> it's nice. <clears throat> In uh, Bravos, Arya sees the many-faced god. I don't think I have it anymore. Uh, <clears throat> this, is, this is my homie Azamat. Uh, bang, bang, skeet, skeet. Uh, <laughs> In King's Landing, Queen Marjorie enjoys her new husband. Oh, you'll never get this. <laughs> Tyrion and Varys walk the long bridge of a Volantis. I did not think that was great, and I apologize, you guys. It could have been so much better. I think you got a little Hispanic in there. It's <laughs> just a tiny bit, Vato. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my god. That's right. I could never. I could never do the Borat. It's nice. My mom used to actually do a pretty good Borat. <laughs> <laughs> we should call her up on the podcast. I wonder how many people have said that phrase. Not many, I would imagine. Not My mom ever. does a pretty good Borat. <laughs> should I call her? Get her to do Borat? That would be amazing. Do you think she'd do it? Well, we're going to find out. 
Uh, Have you guys been watching any of the show on Showtime? Borat? Borat? Oh, the the interview show? Interview, yeah, yeah. I've watched a couple of the clips from it, like when they had Joe Arpaio on and he got him to say that he would give Trump a glorious (laughs) blowjob. When he goes and pretends to be the artist that uses his pubic hair to make the brush and ask for donations from the other person there. Holy shit. It is How do people fall for it still? It's insane. Know. No, like, I don't I don't get it. But it's his, it's kind of mo- beautiful. His movies are friggin' weird. Uh yeah, Borat was Borat was great. I do believe it's hilarious. Bruno was too much. <laughs> yeah, Bruno was hard to watch. The dictator? The, the dictator was rough. I just didn't think it was that good. I thought yeah. that was kind of phoned in. Um, I never saw like any of the Ali G show or anything. Me either. No. What was he had a recent one? Did he not? Uh, if he did, I didn't see it. If there's been something besides the the interview show, I have not seen it. Yeah. Um, he's also in. Uh, what's his name? Sasha Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Yes. He's married to somebody that surprises me. Oh, he's married to. The girl from... Isla Fisher. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and who's that? Isla Fisher is... Uh, <clears throat> from... Wedding Crashers, Now You See Me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who she is. The Scooby-Doo movie, of course. Was she in that? She was. Who did she play? I assume... Um, Thelma? No, wait. I didn't. I was never a Scooby Doo fan. Who's Who's the preppy chick? Daphne. 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 Hmm. Is she in Hot Rod? Yes. I don't. She I is. don't know. She is. Okay. Um, Where do you get off? The movie that I'm thinking of that he's in that surprised me um, is Sweeney Todd. Oh. Okay. Oh, I don't remember him in that. Yeah, he's the uh, the guy who sells jars of piss to people. Oh, seems appropriate. <clears throat> Anyway, I don't know how we got on to that. I do, actually, but it's funny to say that I don't. I know that right now we're back. Season 5, Episode 3. Hi, Sparrow. I know that we're all not necessarily the biggest fans of this whole uh, Sparrow plot line, and it is going to go on for a while now. What? It's not, I mean, at this point it hasn't dragged on and we don't know that. And so at least it's bringing a little bit of excitement into the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it adds a, it adds some power struggle. You know, Cersei thinks she has all of the right answers by kind of like setting this up. So she gets, you know, her way and then it kind of ends up back lashing on her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, abs- I think it's my, it's a note that I have in, the next episode actually but it just says like cersei makes the absolute worst decision she's ever going to make like it's the writing on the wall is so obvious yes and uh and she for being as cunning as she is just doesn't doesn't seem to note i mean uh, for for as 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 gullible as tommen is you would think that she would see this coming and the fact that she's like banking on <laughs> an organization based on morality and she uses that moral play to like basically snag 
what she wants and to, to you know, get, get Loris in prison. Like, obviously, the rumors about her and Jamie are almost more prevalent than the rumors right. about Loris. Like, of right. course this is going to come back to, yeah. to bite her in the ass. Duh. Yeah, but stupid. We are in we are an episode ahead of ourselves. Ahead, yes, we should kind of. Um, so let let us jump in. We just kind of get introduced here. Uh, we do see the the high septon having maybe the funniest uh, whorehouse exchange, where all the prostitutes are dressed up like the seven gods, <laughs> and he's picking. To, then the one like, you know, our token naked man is dressed up like uh, just God. I don't really know, and he's like, oh yes. And he has that moment where he leans down. He's like, you know, two is, two is extra, right? It's like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. And he gets whipped naked through the streets. Then he goes, hey, what make your selection? He goes, the maiden. He goes, always the maiden. Oh, always the maiden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this stranger who has this weird, like, front ponytail thing going on. Much respect to, uh, to that hairstyle. We should bring it back. Oh, yeah, it's... Eh, interesting. We don't know the High Septon, so <laughs> there's no development in his character. No. We basically, you know, we've seen him on screen, but he gets introduced as a person with speaking lines and then gets put in jail by Cersei. And then we meet what will be the new High Septon in uh, the High Sparrow, who looks so familiar. I haven't, like, done a search on him or anything, but he just looks like someone I've seen before. Yeah. He does. I don't. I don't. I don't know where he would be from, though. Uh, I feel like he's in a lot of TV, which could be. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Very plausible. Mar- um, and then Marjorie and Tommen, right? Kind of jumps to them. I don't. I didn't mean to ju- wedge, jump yeah. in if you were. No, that was. Were, I mean, that's pretty much all of the uh, all of the Sparrow stuff. So yeah. yes, Marjorie and Tommen get royal wedding. Uh, she is like what? What would you say? Mid twenties. Probably, maybe late twenties. She's got to be. She's not young, young, right? Uh, she's not that old. Uh, again, age is a construct, just like <laughs> distance and everything in the show. Yeah. So I'd, uh, I'd, I'd say like early mid twenties. Yeah, I think that's at fair. least. Yeah, yes. Tommen is twelve. Tommen is yeah. Tommen is twelve. <laughs> and he looks twelve in that bed, and it makes me physically uncomfortable. <laughs> like it's funny when he's like, "This is all I want to do all day." Every day, and he's just like he's just like I just I just want to have sex with you constantly. Uh, I I love it. It's hilarious, but I can't look at him. <laughs> it's creepy. It's, it's he's so actually weird. He's actually like eighteen or nineteen yeah. as an actor. Mm-hmm. So they just de-age him, and it doesn't help that again in the books he's nine years old. Right. Uh, so it makes it. Makes it very much weirder. A, a pretty happy wedding, though, right? I mean, we, yeah, we've no been one having, died. Yeah, we've been having some rough, rough goes at weddings lately. Uh, so that was a nice change of pace. And yes. then uh, I, we really haven't hit this as much, and not to change settings, but the wall uh, is where I think some good stuff actually happened in this episode. Uh, my my favorite part personally would be uh, we get a little. Uh, a little bit of choppy choppy, right? John choppy grabs, choppy. John grabs uh, the, I think, who is he tell to bring him his sword? Ollie, maybe? Like, go grab uh-huh. it. And uh, uh, it's, I, what I liked about it is Al- Alistair in this, in this scene, like, you can see that um, 
do you think he's playing uh, Janos in this way? Do you think he knew that Janos was going to make this stand and he, and he wanted to see John make this decision? Because I, I was trying to figure out why would Alistair be in that situation where he was acting like he was going to prevent John from doing that, only to be like, yep, you get it. Well, I think it was very much a... Uh, no, I don't think he planned it, because who was to know that any of this was even going to happen? I think it's that was kind of his first reaction, and then he basically looked at the situation in what is essentially John extending this olive, olive branch against Stannis's advice yeah. to keep Alistair around and to name him First Ranger. Right. And uh, I don't know if it's Alistair looking past that or just knowing that this is maybe his path to command, um, but realizing that his current position is more important than trying to keep uh, a friend around. And right. he lets uh, he lets him take him. Yeah. What did you think of the decision by John? Uh, it's one. Of, it's like it's very similar to the Car Stark thing with Rob, in that I think it absolutely needed to happen. I fucking hate Janice Lint. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. he's dead, uh, but this is also uh, it. It has repercussions. Yeah, I think. I guess I just don't know why he had to do it. Up until, like, I get why he had to do it up until Janos does finally say, like, I'll do whatever you say. I'll go to the place. I'll do this. Like, then he could have, I felt like he could have extended, like, the mercy there. Yeah. And he didn't have to cut his head off. And people would have been much happier. He already showed that he was in all, I I, I think for the most, I don't think anyone would doubt that he was going to do it. And I don't necessarily think that that would have shown weakness like in that setting, I don't know. I yeah. don't think he had to kill him. I think he could have let him go once the guy, because Janos was the one at that point showing weakness. It's not like because the the I can't remember, Lord Karstark or whatever. He he, ne- he basically was gonna never like give up. He was gonna take lose True. his head. So Rob didn't really have a choice. And what he did was much worse than just like argue with him a little bit. How many times has John kind of argued with? the leaders of the night's watch and they didn't cut his fucking head off, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think this, it does make more sense with episodes to come when we realize the things that John's going to go ahead and put into action and that he really needs to establish that, Hey, if I tell you to do something, you got to do it. Like he's, he's got to eliminate the back and forth, any sort of, um, you know, uh, insurgents as it were. Sure. Um, at the root, and I think we don't know that yet, but maybe this is setting that up. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I think uh, I think that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense with probably what's going on in his mind. Granted, doesn't necessarily play out perfectly. But. It does, and and I just to build on Hans's point of it not making sense, but like in a group of individuals that is dwindling in numbers, killing one of your own. Just seems like a bad move. It, it it seemed like a poor, poor choice to me too. Um, yeah. At the like I said, at the end of the day, it seemed like a poor choice. I just, I don't. I feel like this is kind of what. I think there's multiple things, but I think this is definitely one of the things, you know, that maybe in the short term was good because you you set that precedent that you have to be like people have to listen to you but i think it really is the thing that kind of started the you know smoldering in the background of what 
comes and and how it really divides the night's watch into even more internally like for john and, and against john but yeah i i will say there could be an element they never show it in the show they could be going for an element of just teenage indecision you know emotions creeping into john because it's never said or hinted at in the show but it is the thing in the books um john does say something at some point in this scene when he kills janos um i forget if it's when he asks for mercy or something but he basically says something along of along the lines of like uh you know did did you give my father any mercy um so in the books it's established that john knows what janos did to ned Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I don't get that at all in this in the in the show. No, no. I don't think that they've made that uh, that and, connection. And I think it would have been much more satisfying if he did, right? Yeah, but then you, I mean, I think being at the Night's Watch, giving up the John Stark name, all of that, like, kind of like we're seeing with Arya, bit in that whole like duality thing. Like, I think John has to give up being, yeah like a Stark, you know, and he's got to be the Lord Commander. And I think that would have been even more so like dividing the Night's Watch and and saying like, (laughs) shit, was this the right commander to choose? Just for his emotional benefit. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Arya, didn't she throw that coin into the ocean? Yeah. She's just playing with it in the bed. And I'm like, didn't you skip that into the water? Because you did. Yeah, but, but didn't the other guy gave it back to her when she came back? And he's, or like, uh, oh, really? or whatever. Yeah, he said, You dropped this. Yeah, he said, this. You dropped this. Yeah. Oh, shit. Back. I totally didn't see that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Disregard. I don't know how was... he got it, but. Oh. I mean, maybe he's got hundreds of these coins. <laughs> you just see him with like scuba gear. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just a, a, a squid pops up. It's like, Oh, who's that squid? And the squid's just like, no one and fucking <laughs> floats back down. A squid Don't worry is no one. The, this, I like that. The squid is no one. Uh, we also see the uh, the game of faces, which is just lie and I'll hit the shit out of you. Um, which is uh, yeah, sounds like every game that I wanted to play with my little brother. Yeah, man, swinging that that lovely little rod, just like beating the fuck out of her. <laughs> it is a great moment when she's just like, "Who are you?" What? Whack! <gasps> Cunt! <laughs> it's just a just <laughs> it's a good moment for Maisie. Oh, what? Uh, so was that your? Was the John stuff your favorite? You guys? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. For me, I agree. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite. I don't think a lot else really like happens in this episode from a i mean a lot of, I, I didn't think the episode was bad by any means uh i actually rather enjoyed the ep uh, i just don't think there was a lot of pinnacle moments other than that i think that was clearly kind of the the peaking moment my least favorite part of the episode and from a it's it's nothing that i think failed from an episodic point i just i wish it didn't happen and it is, they've spent a few episodes now really showing Sansa's independent thought and going out of her way to kind of be her own person with her own ideas. And it's been good. And now we learn that she's just as strongly under Littlefinger's thumb where he very much plays her into heading back to Winterfell, knowing roughly what's going to happen in one way or the other um, and and getting her to make that decision, quote unquote, on her own. 
Um, I think it it does a lot of stuff. And again, I don't think that that's a a writing flaw. It's a, one of the reasons why I don't like Sansa Stark (laughs) flaw. Um, but it's, it's a bummer to see. I liked her for a little while. Should have stuck to her guns, man. What did you guys think of Volantis? Hmm. I guess this is the first time we've gone to Volantis. Yeah, we get the we get the red one of the red witches again or red priestesses. Yeah, we did priestesses? see uh, just out in it, the street. Is that yeah. the chick from the Wolverine? Yes. Mm, pro- yeah. Doesn't it, uh, that's what I was thinking it was because I so. I didn't write it down because I was like, is it racist? <laughs> <laughs> they all look alike. But uh, well, you didn't have to say it. <laughs> Um, what are you talking about? All all people that are Wolverines. All, all red look, priestesses look alike. Yeah. All red yeah. priests. Yeah. 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 I was like, is that yeah. Melisandre? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. They're so hard to tell the difference. Uh, but I think it's the, I think it's the woman from the Wolverine. Uh, yes. And she uh, she's there. We see some more slaves and stuff. Atlantis is a... I, I've never been enraptured with the idea of a city on a bridge. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. I, I think really the only thing of note in Volantis is that Tyrion can't get it up and uh, then he gets found by Can't get some privacy while he's peeing and then he gets taken. That's true. He can't. I would have liked if if, uh, he so Tyrion gets taken and then you get this phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I knew that was coming. From Varys. And Varys is just like (laughs) I will find you and I will kill you. I, have a I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're after balls, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see The Commuter? Did you guys see that movie? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I was wondering. I mean, it's essentially Taken on a Train. Taken, <laughs> taken on a Train. Wasn't there already a Taken on the Train with uh, uh, Denzel? I'm not sure. Denzel? I'm trying to think of what trying to think of a a movie that he was in, but it's basically like they had some people hostage and he had to do something on the train. I feel like it was Denzel, but maybe not. I'm great at movies, you guys. If you couldn't tell, you know, a movie (sighs) was kind of disappointing. I was very excited for it. It actually got very good reviews, Uh, and then when it just didn't do it for me. Speaking of trains, did you guys see Snowpiercer? I thought you said you liked Snowpiercer. No, no, I actually, uh, it was fine. I didn't dis, I didn't mm. hate it. It's just like, it got such good reviews. It looked really cool. And then it was just kind of, eh, it was just bleh. Had hmm. Captain America in it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So, the only- five, five, so isn't that where it's like the, the length of the train is divided by classes and then they yeah, try to... Yeah. And it's an ongoing, everlasting train on a track. Yeah, because they can't go outside or something like yeah, something happened it's where like too cold the or whatever. Toxic or it's too cold. I don't remember. I think there's a theory, like a weird conspiracy internet theory, that again I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what the basis for it is. That it's Snowpiercer takes place in the same timeline as, or like the same universe as it, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I think mm-hmm. there's a weird conspiracy theory about that. Yeah. Something weird that I've seen before. It seems like an odd Odd choice. decision. Yeah. Doesn't it? Odd I'm going to look that up connection. now. So, I'm, yeah, Snowpiercer Willy Wonka. It was like the first Google uh, It was like the first Google thing. Do you want me to read Absolutely. why they say it? Yeah. It's probably know. very long. Um, 
Uh, blah, 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 blah. Of course, the one wiki guy. Ed Harris, who plays the Super Train's inventor and de facto conductor, Wilford, is obviously Charlie Bucket grown mad with power after turning his candy <laughs> empire into a multifaceted global conglomerate. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no one's saying this isn't a batshit crazy leap, but it's the kind of dumb fun fan theory that makes more and more sense the more you look at it. Uh, this is just from avclub.com so that I'm not just plagiarizing here. Back to Game of Thrones. We, we don't get a ton more in this episode. Um, no. We just kind of stick to our few settings. We do see Brienne and Pod building their relationship up a little bit. Uh, she agrees to train him. She starts to like him a little bit more. Um, and then finally, after a dry episode, we do get some juggly action. Oh, uh, we not only see the very holy prostitutes out in King's Landing, uh, we also get to see the Mother of Dragons! Uh, and sure. a couple other uh, prostitutes in Volantis. Worth worth it. Yeah, my <laughs> least favorite part actually didn't get brought up. It's when, and I I think it's my least favorite part just because I don't I don't understand like why Marjorie is doing this because I feel like overall Marjorie is like a relatively good character and then she's just like she's just dropping daggers into <laughs> Cersei when they talk. Real hard. Yeah, and I guess I just don't... She's got to know how crazy Cersei is, and I think she just feels protected now that she's married to Tommen and now that she's the queen, and I just... I don't get why she's just... She's putting the dagger in and twisted it, too. Like, I just... I don't get it. I almost wonder if that moment with Cersei from Cersei's perspective is genuine, Um, because it kind of seems that way when she comes in and is just trying to... Like, obviously, she sees the writing on the wall... With Tommen saying, wouldn't you be happier in Casterly Rock? Like, you know, she knows 100% that that's not his thought. Um, but it doesn't seem like she's scheming there until Marjorie does all that shit and she's like walks out and you can see her like festering in the mind. But I wonder if she's just like, it's in her head that I just kind of want to be here around my kid and she's willing to maybe step back a, a bit at, at that moment. Um, just because... I feel like she always looks a little bit more cunning. And in that moment, she just looked pretty desperate. Yeah, and I don't think she despises Marjorie. Because even before, I think the one instance, I'm not going to, I don't think she likes anyone who's taking her kids away from her, right? But I think we get that at, uh, I don't know, I can't remember if it was the funeral or what it was at, but basically after Joffrey dies, we get Cersei pretty much unprompted kind of offering up Tommen to Marjorie, And like, yeah. she's Don't kinda, you want to you know, be queen? Yeah, kind of thing? yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think, I think she's, you know, and whether it's the like enemy you know is better than the one you don't kind of thing where she like, she already kind of maybe thinks she's figured Marjorie out and doesn't want, you know, who else is going to come in and change all this. So, Maybe she's thinking Fair that's point. that's the lesser of two evils or something. Who knows? But she doesn't seem like she just absolutely hates her. So I, I, I'm kind of backing up your point and even on your side where maybe she was just kind of like trying to go salvage her place in King's Landing by just kind of giving in or caving in with Marjorie. And then Marjorie's just got to be stone, <laughs> co- stone cold D. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just There's nothing more that a mother wants than to hear about the sexual prowess of her 12-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> I think. But, uh, yeah. We don't know what Cersei's thinking, but we can possibly hear 
figure out what's going on in Hans's head as he munches down on his whole wheat buttermilk mango scone. Yeah. So uh, as most of the whole wheat buttermilk series, this is Uh-oh. from Outpost Grocery. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Ooh. Mango was a nice touch. Nice little, uh, nice Chunks little exotic of mango flair. or like little, little pieces. Well, I wish we could find out about oh this. Oh my God. But we've spent so much time on it already. That was season five, episode three, High Sparrow, and whole, whole milk. <laughs> whole, <laughs> whole milk, butter wheat, <laughs> mango. <laughs> biscuit mango. It's that biscuit. <laughs> we'll be Fuck back you. tomorrow on, the uh, on your lovely little Thursday for season five. Episode four, and uh, uh, until then, stalling so that no, all right, you down with GOT? <laughs> yeah, you know me. I was uh, I was just stalling to see if you were. I thought you wanted to get your yeah, little sound. I did. I totally. I forgot about it, and then I know I exited out of it. Oh, <laughs> it would have taken way too long to get. The way you're looking, I was like, <laughs> been is he ready? stalling for like two minutes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the waif in the show, kind of a cunt, right? I mean, kind of like a bitch and, and seems to be uh, to enjoy more torturing than training. Um, contrast to the book where it's more like a mentor thing. Why do you think they made that decision? Do you think she's not a bitch in the book? No, I, I don't think it's, she... Okay. It's been a while, but I feel like she was a little bit of a bitch in the book. She is, but she's not as... I mean... From day one in the show, you feel like she has something against Arya, and I don't get that in the book. Yeah, uh, it is very much a she has so much more of a personality in the show, where she is otherwise very much just an embodiment of this omnipresent person in the in the book. She's just kind of this this force that is more so nobody, um, just kind of assigned to Arya, as it were. I feel. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the indifference attitude in the book of like, you know, every, and even, even the, even the Jockin character, right. is kind of like, I'm no one. She's no one. That's how you have to become. You have to become indifferent, right? Yeah. There is no personality to us because we are all, we are all people. Um, and, and it's funny because, I think that actually makes more sense when he's trying to explain who she has to become from a book standpoint where that's a little lacking in the show, right? Because they still yeah. all seem to be, especially the waif, very much comes off as her own individual of like, you know, kind of bitchiness and like, I don't get I don't get the whole no one kind of... Uh, of outlying in that in that situation compared to the book, which is much more kind of dry. Now, to be fair, we do see a whole lot more of her in the show, just from the standpoint of like, I think the last thing we see in the book, Cesaria going blind, right? That's the yep. last bit mm-hmm. that we get. So yep. we miss essentially half of all the stuff. Yeah. That yeah. No, and, that, Bravos. and I was going to bring that up. I was just like, uh, do you, where do you see the book going in that regard? I'll be interested to to figure it out. I I don't Do you know. Think it'll I'm follow all, the show? I yes, yes. Uh I I am very much in love with Arya's story and though I would kind of like to see more about this organization, 
I think they have to bring her back around like they did in the show. Yeah. Um, just, just for the satisfaction of it all. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I agree with you. I do think the book's going to go that way. I, I would actually like it if it didn't, I think that'd be cool or, or had another way. Maybe, maybe that in some way that that house is attacked and, Arya realizes that she, that she can no longer be a no one; that she has to be her. Um, yeah. Like there are many other ways of just like making that kind of like a less of a personal decision and more of like a forced decision, which I think would be kind of cool. But uh, yeah, no, I that was interesting. The, that's the only th- the only thing that I think could speak against it, uh, perspective wise, is as we've talked about before. Um, like they love duality; they love balancing the scales and everything, and jumping ahead in the show we do see john break his position that was tying him down to go back to his roots we see sansa doing the same thing we Mm -hmm. see bran going in the opposite direction where Mm -hmm. he has returned but he is very much not bran at this point so if they wanted to do that whole balance of the scales thing it could be very much that Arya is not Arya anymore right right Mm, yeah i I, don't know It'll be interesting to see because I think that's like the, this season with Arya's development here. Um, it's it's good, but I enjoyed the book a lot more. Yeah, that's uh, that's very fair. I think. How many faceless men do you think there are? Ooh, I don't know. From from the book or from either? Let's say the show. There sure is a lot of faces on that wall. Yeah, but I don't know how many. Seems like too many for just one, for just one guy. I'm going to say five. Any specific reason you pick five? No. I think there's got to be more than two, (laughs) which is all that we ever see at a time, unless everybody working in this building is a faceless man, which I guess could be, could be. Um, No, I just, I just, I think it's probably a very low number. I think so too. And obviously these these men, right, these mm-hmm. individuals, they travel, right? They're kind of yeah. dispersed throughout all the kingdoms. So I would say that that would probably suggest there's probably more than five. Just um, a good point. Right? I mean, so I would say based on the size of the house and the number of faces or whatever they're showing, I would say anywhere between 20 to 50. Yeah, I, I think it's either very low or weirdly high. Right, yeah. Like, exactly. yeah, it's like 5, 10, or 100. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I'm not really sure. I, I like that it's ambiguous. You don't know. Um, and it's it's why I think they're going to come back into play. I don't think they're done with, you know, we're jumping ahead again, but I, I don't think they're done with Arya. And we haven't seen them really do killing in the show, right? I mean, like, there have been other assassination attempts and things like that, but not using that group, which is interesting mm-hmm. because you could argue if they would have used them to kill Danny, then Danny would be dead, right? Yeah. I do think they talk about it at one point, and it's just mentioned that it would basically cost a fortune or something, but I'm not really sure. But then it's so it costs so much money, but then there are two examples in the show that seemingly not the most wealthy individuals can afford it but we don't know we don't know what they're paying like what is what is what is the fortune like what does that mean because what are your examples well they um 
for killing the um, Ari's first one, right? Where she's told to kill the Thin Man. Yeah. Right? Where the the guy who comes back and needs to be, you know, for the family for on the boat. Yeah. And so he clearly doesn't have a whole lot of money. Right? I mean, like, if he did, then he wouldn't need to work to make that kind of income for his family to take care of them. Yeah. Right? But he's able to afford the assassination. I think it's probably one of those things that's like, uh, it it has to be the same level of meaning. So it's like, uh, if you have $5 or $100, it's going to, you know, it's like 80%. Like, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial, but I'm assuming... Doing this is a substantial impact, and it's based more on whatever you have than a, a flat a flat rate for murder. Right. And he says, you know, he paid the cost, and he's sitting there kind of crouched in the room, which would make me think that there would be more than just a monetary value, sure. right? Life, life for life. That's life been for a life big kind theme. of thing. Yes. Yeah. So that's not explained in the show as of yet, and so I'm interested to see if that is something they bring up. Interesting point. Yeah. Do you like kind of the, so when we see Jack in the first time around, and I'm going to keep calling him Jack because yeah, this is how I identify him. Um, <clears throat> it It's obviously not as fleshed out or we don't get to see like who he really is until this, until we get more into this season and, and learn more about the faceless men and all that stuff. Do you kind of like the, the creepy, weird, mysterious way they went with it? With the whole uh, like m- with faceless men uh, kind of storyline and aspect, and I don't know how it is in the book. Maybe it's just exactly what what it was. But then you, you I could same kind of question for just in general. Do you like yeah. where they went with this? Because to me, it's almost like a little off putting, like all the weirdness of of the life for a life kind of theme and all this that they're doing. And I don't really understand their motives. And uh, it's kind of interesting, but also just kind of creepy to me. I don't know. I kind of, I do like it. I, I think that it's that element of, like you're saying, you can't really get a grasp on it. But whereas I think um, the show falters with stories like Little Fingers, where you're just like, okay, he's just, it's just, it's just unpredictable for the sake of being unpredictable. I think that this like makes you want to try and figure it out. And you're just like kind of itching to see some more about it or something. Uh, I, I do like it a lot. Um, as I said, though, I think it's, the main reason I like it is in the show, we'll see Arya kind of become this counterpoint, realize that there are aspects of it that fit her and aspects that don't, and it brings her out into her uh, into her element. So I love it as a bit of a as a bit of a balance to her. But uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's much done better than something like Peter Baelish. Sure. Yeah. I I. I... Agree. I think that I I can get behind that. My first thought is like I really liked the Jackin character when we first started getting introduced to him, and then mm-hmm. when I when we start to get more of the faceless men, and again to me it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I and there's kind of a balance between the mystery of it and the well, like this just seems kind of dumb because yeah. it's like it just seems like Jackin would be smarter than this, I guess, or like I I guess I don't understand why he's like enveloped in this group or in this core where you don't really understand the motives. <coughs> is it all religion? Is it like, it just seems a little bit, a I little think bit the one sided. Yeah. The one thing that I think has to be maintained is 
It's not like he was Jacken ever. Right. In in reality. Um, because we do see later that like the Jacken face is very much a mask. Yeah. So uh it, it's not, none of these people have ever actually been Jack and Hagar. Right. Um you know for except for the purposes of them putting on the the personality but so it it is it is just it's a lot to think about. My question is and again we don't we haven't seen this yet but it's just faces that they have. But this Jack and Hagar is a full-on black person at the beginning of this season, and he changes in an instant outside, his whole hands and everything. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Even the faces, <laughs> even the masks don't make sense. Like, no mask is, works that well. Like, you're not just you, putting someone else's face on your face. Isn't going to change the bone structure. Have you ever tried it? Fair, I haven't. Yeah. Where's Jenna? Just go attempt it. <laughs> Do a little face off. Find your find a pair face knife. Off. Get yeah. to work. That is an excellent movie, by the way. Mm. And by excellent I mean just It's a movie. God awful. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs>